Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Episode 120 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, titled, What I Don't Want to Be When I Grow Up. Well, here we are, fast approaching mid-September with week three of the college football season occurring this weekend. Uh, as I record, it is slightly after 2.30 p.m. Central on Wednesday, September 13th. So week three is upon us. And some persons, you know, kind of look at this card and, uh, you know, note the perceived lack of marquee matchups this week, if you will. I'm not one to really closely monitor such things, but I don't believe, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure in saying I don't believe we have any games this weekend matching ranked opponents. You know, last week uh, was a great week. Week two, we had Texas at Alabama, of course. Uh, We had Oregon at Texas Tech uh, and others. And then next week, looking ahead uh, to week four, man, another great weekend. If you like the big games, Colorado at Oregon, Ohio State traveling to Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, List goes on a little bit. What a lineup. But folks, let's not treat week three as a mere afterthought. Great things sometimes happen in college football at the most unexpected times. And for those of you who are not averse uh, to risking a little coin on the game's outcomes, the money is just as green in week three as it was in week two or it will be in week four. So keep that in mind. Now we're going to go to some of the things I don't want to be when I grow up. Really some of the characteristics or habits of sports betting that I don't want to exhibit when and if I grow up. So follow along. You know, I always say things a little bit tongue-in-cheek. They are my positions. I'm not uh, backing away from that. But at the same time, if you don't agree with them, if you think differently, um, you know, that's what makes the marketplace. and. wouldn't be a whole lot of fun if we're if we were all the same. So uh, take it appropriately, please. So one, don't be the person who routinely buys a half a point as a matter of protection or a feeling of insurance. In my opinion, if you feel like you need an extra half point at incre- at increased juice, uh, you know, nonetheless then the game lacks adequate value to begin with. You know, you don't need to be betting it in the first place, would be my opinion. So don't be the person who routinely buys half points. Don't be the guy, or the girl for that matter, who always bets overs. Somebody told me recently that betting on the over was more fun. 
gave them a greater feeling of rooting interest, that they would rather root for something, you know, scoring, than against something, lack of scoring. Folks, the object of this exercise, sports betting, is to fatten your wallet, not empty it. Our rooting interest should play absolutely no role whatsoever in our betting interest if our true goal is indeed to move towards being a long-term winner. This is a big one here. Don't be the guy or the girl who recklessly puts their entire bankroll or a significant portion of it into action on any given Saturday. And I've heard people kind of do this, you know, because they you know, do it because I'm hot. You know, I'm due. I absolutely love the card. Or I couldn't possibly lose every game, could I? You know, folks, I want to say, and I say it often, and some of this stuff is repetitious. I kind of mix it up and try to present it a little bit differently, but I do try to make the same points just for emphasis to let things that I believe to be important kind of soak in and kind of marinate and hopefully become part of your approach, part of your betting DNA, if you will. But this game is a grind, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're scratching as betters. We're scratching and clawing to overcome the burden of risking 11 to only get back 10. You know, from our perspective, from our side of the counter, we can absolutely win. But if you're going to be in the small percentage of those persons who do win long term, we're winning by decision. Probably a split decision at that. We're not winning by knockout. You know, the book, on the other hand, they win by knockout each and every Saturday and twice on Sunday. And not by TKO, where the defeated pugilist is pleading their case to the referee to continue. But I'm talking about a stone cold knockout where the better's flat on his back. You know, get the smelling sauce out, you know, check for a pulse kind of knockout. Folks, protect yourselves at all time. Don't storm out of the corner, you know, wildly throwing haymakers, thinking surely at least one of these will land. The book is bigger badder, and stronger. You have to be an artist, a master tactician, crafty, intelligent, clear-minded, sober, a mathematician, a psychologist, and aggressive only in measured doses when you believe the probability firmly rests in your corner. On to another. Don't be the person who solely bets late in the week, always bets at the same store, and always bets his predetermined side or total, regardless of the number. Folks, you've all heard experienced bettors say, I bet numbers, not teams. And I believe that's mostly true. You know, that's largely my approach. So I would say to you, have a buy price and have the discipline to stick to it. So if you have a buy price and you don't stick to it, you know, you might as well not have a buy price at all. 
But what I'm saying is, you know, tell yourself, for instance, I'm taking team B at plus four or better. Meaning if the line is three and a half or less, it's not good enough. Be a value shopper, not an impulsive shopper, not one who just buys, you know, everything in sight. So have a buy price. Tell yourself what you're going to take a team at. And if the line is not in your favorable range, is not at your buy point, then pass. They play games almost every day, so there's going to be other opportunities. Don't be the person who always has to bet the late game or the standalone game. You know, if you're doing that, you're probably just craving action. And I think it's better to crave winning rather than crave action. You know, I know a lot of bettors uh, talk or maybe even joke about betting the late Hawaii game. You know, when the Rainbow Warriors are playing at night on the island. You know, and again, I, I want to take this time again to be clear that the points I make on this podcast, um, and I don't know if I've really touched on this in this particular podcast, but the points that I make on this podcast, really what I consider to be the best sports betting practices, or at least partially reminders to myself, you know, messages to myself about elements I need to emphasize or traps I perhaps too need to avoid. You know, I'm not exempt in any shape, form, or fashion to any of the messages preached from today's makeshift uh, pulpit, if you will. With that said, you know, I'll, I'll also say this, you know, I can count on one hand the number of times that I've bet Hawaii in the late game on Saturday night. And that's in more than 30 years of betting sports. You know, first and foremost, the reason for that, you know, I probably, I just haven't seen any value in it in one side or the other. And secondly, and perhaps more appropriately, by that point in the day, I'm dissecting box scores, you know, from earlier games. Most of the games or all the games by that point are finished. My focus is fully or at least mostly shifted to the following week's games. So I've moved on. I'm always kind of a step or or two ahead of the game, or at least I try to be. Before I go to my next don't, I'm going to give a quick plug for Paul Stone Sports. Well, Paul Stone Sports, endure the pain and suffering of last weekend's betting loss on Texas Tech plus seven. And we've emerged on the other side. That was a tough, bitter pill to uh, swallow if you had the Red Raiders, but such is the life of a uh, sports better. You know, frankly, it bothers me for a relatively short period of time. Uh, and then I move on. Games to be played, the games that have been played, nothing we can do about them. So uh, such is life. The Paul Stone Sports now seeking my ninth straight winning season against the spread as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. And even with the Texas Tech loss this past weekend, uh, this season we've hit 57% of our uh, premium selections against the spread. We'll have at least six premium selections on our Week 3 card. To learn more about my prorated season package, my monthly package, or any of my other packages, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. 
you know, don't be, again, don't be the guy or the girl who places stock on ticket count and total money bet on individual games. You know, so-called public betting trends, money percentages, that sort of thing. You know, I understand that a whole lot of people uh, in this business pay attention to this info. And there are some persons whom I actually respect uh, who pay attention to it. But I'm a handicapper. You know, I fundamentally handicap an athletic contest. I assess the relative strengths of the competing teams. I then utilize various methodologies to arrive at what I believe to be the proper point spread, size, and totals. And then what I do with that information as an originator, I bet at market-making books, uh, primarily looking to identify discrepancies between my numbers and theirs. That's what I do each Sunday at Circa at 11 a.m. Pacific during the college football season. What's not part of my process is extraneous information. You know, and in my mind, public betting percentages are totally extraneous. They have nothing to do with the team's personnel, with the assessment and analysis of the teams as I'm going about that process to initially formulate a power rating for both teams and then subsequently an appropriate side and total on that contest. You know, I, I'm, when I express these types of uh, opinions that may kind of go against the grain of your personal experience, you know, I always like to make it clear, you know, if you have demonstrated long-term legitimate success utilizing, you know, this type of method, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing. But, you know, don't fool yourself. Be certain that the results are there. You know, don't keep doing it. Uh, simply because it's what you want to hear, so to speak. You know, to me, uh, and and this is one of those, to me, many widely accepted uh, handicapping strategies or approaches are nothing more than an old, old wives' tale, I guess you could call it. You know, personally, I believe that many of these strategies are simply lazy handicapping. They're easy. They're convenient. And they don't require our hours and hours uh, of commitment, consuming relative uh, content, applicable, you know, applicable uh, statistics and information, and also the mundane task of waiting for the right number to pop up on the screen. And sometimes that number doesn't even pop up. So I think it's just lazy handicapping. I think they're trying to make you know one-stop shopping, make it easy. And for me. It's not even a piece of the puzzle. Okay, now to this week's comp selection in college football. Let's look at a uh, ACC Big Ten non-conference matchup featuring Louisville at Indiana this Saturday, September 16th. We're going to look at the total in this game. The total in this contest currently pretty much 52.5 market wide, it appears. Uh, looking at this Indiana team, first of all, clearly. The Hoosiers are offensively challenged, to put it mildly. But I was really impressed with how well they played on defense uh, against mighty Ohio State uh, in Bloomington in their season opener. The Buckeyes in that game, if you watched it or uh, studied it, post-game, the box score, so forth and so on, they only scored 23 points, only had 380 total yards. So a really good 
effort by uh, Indiana. You look at Indiana's offense again, dating back to last season, uh, the middle latter part of last season, the Hoosiers have scored, scored 17 points or fewer in five of their last six games. They've only averaged 17.2 points per game uh, during that span. And then this game on Saturday against Louisville at home, uh, even if Indiana, even if they reach 21 points, we're still in pretty good position on the total, on the under. So I recommend in this game, again, take Louisville and Indiana to go under 52 and a half. Going to speak, speak briefly about one of the big games, and I've already kind of touched briefly, uh, briefly on earlier in the podcast, that being next weekend's game, uh, September 23rd, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Uh, this game in the game of the year markets, which came out as early as late February uh, at at least one store, I think it opened maybe at uh, nine, Ohio State minus nine. I do have a ticket on Notre Dame plus nine in this game. I don't think um, a higher number was ever available in this game. But now we're kind of looking at, you know, you got to shift gears. And what is the line, the opening line going to be at Circa Sunday week, or, or this coming Sunday, rather, this Sunday, uh, September 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific. What will the line be at Circa? What will the opener be? And I, I've posted a, a poll uh, seeking input. If you follow me on Twitter, at Paul Stone Sports, maybe you'll go in and cast your vote as to what you feel like the opening line will be on this uh, Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Gives you four choices there. And uh, I personally right now, just as I've kind of thought about it and molded over, you know, some people think Notre Dame's played better to this point. Ohio State's been mostly uh, pretty much uh, unimpressive, nothing spectacular. But neither team, first of all, has played anybody. You know, Notre Dame's schedule currently ranked 133rd uh, by Jeff Sagren. I think Ohio State's comes in at 92nd. So neither team has played a game opponent. This will be the first time they're having to fight somebody their own size, so to speak. So, uh, you know, that's something to take into mind. And another thing to take into mind is just the fact that Ohio State has been there a little bit more than the fighting Irish in recent years. This is the type of game that they have perhaps thrived in. They've been near the top of the polls uh, a little bit more often, obviously, than Notre Dame has. So some people think this game's going to be around pick em. Some people have even suggested Notre Dame might be a small favorite. I would really be surprised if Ohio State's not the favorite and I think it's going to be about three points. I think the opener, um, I'm going to go on record right now saying is the opener at circa at 11 a.m. Sunday will be Ohio State minus three. And they'll let the market kind of come off that number, so to speak. Y'all test my work, see uh, how wrong I am, or maybe I'll be close to the number or on the number. But that'll be my prediction. Ohio State's going to open at minus three. Uh, at Circa on Sunday. So that does it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. It's been good being with you. Enjoy your college football this weekend. If you're going to a game or if you're just out and about, drive safely. Uh, Have a good time. Have a great weekend. Uh, Good fall weather hopefully is going to arrive soon for many of us across the country. Until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 